0: any time, any day, and you feel comfortable doing it. That's one aspect of it that I like so much. Every blessed day, I eat food every day. And watch of course.
1: That's one fantastic thing that you can ever get. So, I don't joke with
2: it. Though scientists often would caution against the consumption of AD excreta or fecal matter but the stomach contents or the fecal matter of these bush animals have positive reviews professor eggman explains why consuming the stomach content of the carcass or what many say is the fecal matter of these bush animals is not harmful
3: but beneficial it is a delicacy for some the cooking process sort of kills the microorganisms that will be Present in the meat and so in terms of micro microbial safety there is some level of safety yeah because the cooking kills them and then it confers flavor and you know to the food that is consumed so the way the food is prepared is also important yes so this is key the advice also is that those that are removed from the intestines are that which we advise for consumption if you are interested in consuming that. Rather than the feces, the pellets that have come out.
2: Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Food Chain. It has been very interesting and educating. I'm excited you join us and I hope you join us again next week for another exciting episode of Food Chain. My name is Sapia. See you in our next edition. Or fecal matter, but the stomach content or the fecal matter of these bush animals have positive reviews. Professor Engman explains why consuming the stomach content of the carcass, or what many say is the fecal matter of these bush animals, is not harmful but beneficial. It is a
3: delicacy for some, the cooking process sort of kills the microorganisms that will be present in the meat and so in terms of micro microbial safety there is some level of safety yeah because the cooking kills them and then it confers flavor and you know to the food that is consumed so the way the food is prepared is also important yes so this is key the advice also is that those that are removed from the intestines at that which we advise for consumption, if you are interested in consuming that, rather than the feces, the pellets that have come out.
2: Well, I hope you enjoy today's episode of Food Chain. It has been very interesting and educating. I'm excited to join us, and I hope you join us again next week for another exciting episode of Food Chain. My name is Prince Apia. See you in our next edition.
4: Public apparel the tape does not identify any person by name but the people involved include a top police officer and a senior member of the governing MPP we will hear from mr. to surely per our editorial policy we're unable to play the tape as we have not independently verified it but we can tell you what we hear in the parliamentary correspondent Kequasante joins me from Parliament where uh, the issue is receiving some attention. Kweku, uh, grateful for joining us first. What do you pick up from the audio?
5: This audio has some um, very disturbing um, sounds. There are those who are on the tape saying that the Inspector General of Police is, uh, is a member of the NDC and that he is thwarted certain efforts by the government to do certain things, of course, starting from the Asinox by election. There is a claim that if the IGP, Dr. remains at post by the 2024 election, he will scuttle government's efforts to, quote-unquote, rig the election. And so he must be changed, removed, so that a new person who can aid government's efforts to do all this can be brought in. And these are the, the comments that are captured in that viral audio. It is a lengthy one. It's almost an hour. And there are a lot of, um, of allegations on it against the IGP about how he's not allowing the government have their way in doing a number of things. And so far, we have not been able to the IGP about how he's not allowing the government have their way in doing a number of things. And so far, we have not been able to...
3: How has
4: Parliament been reacting to this particular tape?
5: There's been a number of comments that have come in so far. We've heard from Peter Lantini, Tobu, and Mary
1: that can become RGP. So, the dream to become RGP is a motivation to drive them into all kinds of things. So, the fact that you become RGP, don't go sleeping, think that the people are supporting you, they all love you so. It's a motivation to drive them into all kinds of things. So, the fact that you become RGP, Don't go sleeping, think that the people are supporting you, they all love you. behind the scene, wanting to to get to the apex of the organization that you join, That is always a dream for every police officer. So the fact that people will lobby to get that position is not a bad thing. But
4: when you are becoming so dirty in your approach... said. ...who has been in the service, um, what was his reaction to the tape when he first heard it? I mean, was it that it could be a possible creation by something else, or he believed that this could be a reality? He has concerns that this
5: might have been edited... This might have been an artificial intelligence-generated sound that we have, we, have, we have heard so far. But of course, he gives a, a lot of credence the idea that this is something that can possibly happen. But he has concerns. He wants people to tarry slowly. He's asking the IGP to ignore it. But he has concerns that this may have been AI generated. Let's listen to it.
1: I've listened to the audio, and it is quite strange. No commissioner word is solved will do this. I'm tempted to believe that is that application of AI quite strange. No commissioner where it is solved will do this. I'm tempted to believe that is that application of AI to be appointed of IGP. And that is the wrong way, because what you are doing, if it is true, if the president even remove Dr. George Okubudemper and appoints whoever is lobbying so badly for It's not any
5: possibility that this may be true. Would you want some form of investigation to be commissioned into it to unravel the faith behind this audio? Well,
1: this is a national security matter. If the state thinks that such a thing can affect the security of the state, fine. But for me, if you ask me, I will tell you, let's gloss over it. Let it slide. Let Dr. George Akufu Dampari have the freedom to work. And let's assure him that, listen... These things will not break you down. You are doing a good job for this country, and all we have to do is to encourage you to perform. When your time comes and you are gone, they can appoint another IGP. But if this is how we remove IGPs, it means that we don't want our democracy to stay. We will break down the police service and destroy our democracy. That audio that I've, I've, I've listened to, if it is true, it is sad. And I will be wondering where such a commissioner was trained.
4: We understand the interior minister has been reacting to this. Yes, we caught up with him in parliament today. Mm. His first
5: instinct was to say that the tape must be ignored, but he says that there is no plot, there's no attempt to remove the ITP. Gives him credit, says he's doing so well in the office, and that the government or the NDP is not seeking to remove him. Let's listen to.
0: senior police officer and MVP government officials trying to plot anything of the sort? Well, I said my president and I'll do what is policy to bring the development of this country. I'm not sure I want to uh, get involved in any investigation or thing, except that they relate to crime. Then we'll do that. But I think that so far, I think we are doing well. As far as I'm concerned, what the president of this country made clear right back to the manifesto of the... Uh, the election before the first time was that there was a fierce syndrome in Ghana, and part of the fierce syndrome was that people thought that we had a security system that was not, you know, a, a, a crossboard. You know, they were favored a particular class of people, people in office who were too big to be touched, and therefore the tenant of rule of law that we are equal before the law was not. One was not uh, tenable, and also we had a professionalism at the time that we were not training people adequately, we were not equipping them. And uh, that's what we sought out to do. And therefore, as far as I'm concerned, we've made a lot of progress uh, along that line. police system now that is professional, that will arrest you, whether you are MP, whether you are minister, when you commit an offense, you are arrested, and you are dealt with. And above all, they will arrest you if you are... A policeman or a policewoman, they will deal with you. And now under this dispensation, if all they will arrest you, if you are a policeman or policewoman, they will deal with you. And now under this dispensation... They relate to crime. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, we don't know. But having made that positive determination that this is criminal or not, will you take I a mean,
6: closer look? A closer look? At- Absolutely. Um, it sounds very convincing. Um, it doesn't sound like AI or deep fake. Mm. Uh, but stand,ing as a security person who wears a security lens, you know, when I do such analysis, it is imperative that uh, I, I exercise some level of circumspection because we now have such advancement in technology. Mm-hmm. I can record your voice, play it to the machine, and the machine would replicate it and make it sound like you. Even your video. I can, you know, with that Joy News background, a deep fake of you, if you watch it on the face value, there's no way you'll be able to tell it's true or not. And you know, the unfortunate thing it has created such a convenient avenue for people Mm. to easily give excuses. Mm. You know, they do it, and immediately it comes out, they say it's fake. And it's so convenient to do so. And I'm also very disappointed by uh, the, 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 um, the, the, the minister for the interior about his position on this issue. You see, there's a popular saying, that the little things matter. What you use is a bath without a tap. And we are so accustomed to brushing off issues. Mm. What I would have expected, and I'm happy your, 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 your uh, journalists and other journalists kept buttressing and asking the same question. If we were a very serious country, what would have been commissioned is an investigation immediately to ascertain the authenticity and now we have advanced softwares that you'll be able to tell easily, within minutes, mm. whether what you're listening to is a fake or not, then the necessary investigation would follow. Because we are talking about perceptions here already. Everywhere. There are people talking about it. It's not the first time I'm hearing about uh, the intention of some people to get rid of the you know, IGP. All right? Mm. But... When issues of this nature mix the realms, then those who are very neck deep in the politics start having or even harboring such perceptions about people wanting to rig the process and the next minute we are matching you boot to boot and it's a catalyst for disaster. So let us not rubbish this. I think, there is the need for an impartial investigation to go into this so we are able to know the truth and to restore some level of confidence amongst the electorate so far as our politics is concerned. Because next year's election, I must
4: say, is going to be dicey. Okay. Uh, So, I mean, in this case, how do we progress from here? We can't just listen and let it go. How do we move on?
6: An investigation will have to be done. Um, the things I've heard on the tape is dastardly. It is despicable. It is very inconsistent with our democratic values. We have talked a lot of successes mm. since the inception of the Fourth Republic. In fact, we are one of the few countries that hasn't suffered a civil war before. We don't have any active insurgency in any part of the country. We have never been attacked by terrorists before. We've had um, the incumbent handing over power to the opposition without asking questions. We need to consolidate that democracy. And one of the ways that can happen is through the building of confidence. Because once people start having these misconceptions and these suspicions, some of them very unfounded, then it becomes, you know, a matter of grave concern, especially for those of us within the security space. So we cannot afford to rubbish this. An investigation mm-hmm. has to be carried out. In mm-hmm. fact, there are so many softwares you can use to know and even compare voices to be sure that this voice is from that person and it's not a deep fake, etc. So we cannot afford to let it slide like other issues, you know, uh, it has happened with other issues. Okay, We need to consolidate the democracy and one of the ways to achieve that is through accountability.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, what sort of impact is this likely to have on the, the the police administration itself. Now, the IGP probably has heard this. He will be looking over his shoulder. So, from how you understand these issues, what's going to happen now? What impact will it have?
6: Well, I must say, um, when the IGP was first appointed, um, I'm one of the persons who spoke highly of the appointment, uh, based on his track record, um, what he has achieved in the past. In fact. When you even go on Wikipedia you know, and Google the IGP, I'm one of those persons cited. So from day one, I have had you know, a lot of confidence in, in him. Um, he has also proven <clears throat> beyond reasonable doubt that he's up to the task. Uh, recently, there was a video of a Fulani girl who was manhandled. She was assaulted, and um, I spoke about it in the media. He called me. He quickly arranged a meeting between myself and him and uh, the leaders of the Fulani community. So they get to tell their people to exercise restraint and not to take matters into their own hands because of the video. And guess what? Mm. We were working with the IGP up until midnight, just to make sure that those persons were arrested. And by 3 a.m. they were arrested. By 5 a.m. he called me, we "Adi, we've gotten them." You know, so that should tell you. He goes down to the ground. I even saw Nigerian media talking highly of him. When he met the school kids, he went down, you know, he spoke with them, he led them to school. They were like, in Nigeria, you can't see this. You can't see the IGP out there. So he has proven that he's up to the task. Please, please, let the man do his work. Okay? But no, so, um, so yes, he will be
4: allowed to do his work. But from this state, possibly, I mean, some, some peace or unity in the, in the administration will be ruffled. Wouldn't there be anything like that? will not he now start be to be looking over his shoulders to say, who's coming after me? Well, um,
6: the IGP, Dampere I know is very focused. Um, I'm not
4: a spokesperson, but based on
6: my relationship with him, mm. um, I'm not sure that it's something that is going to make him worried uh, because Ghanaians are the judge. Uh, we, we know what work he's done Uh, in the past, and what he's capable of doing going into next year's election. Uh, The Asenov is a test case. Some of us were worried that there could be violence, but Mm. when you look at the security arrangements put in place, I think um, um, he did a great job. So I don't think it's going to uh, affect the way he does his job. My only concern is um, this tape consolidating Mm. or um, uh, uh, reaffirming, so to speak, People's existing belief about some people wanting to wreck the process. Um, mm. We've heard it a, a number of times. I mean, um, talking about breaking the eight and how is to break the eight. We're talking about some in you know, opposition, whatever it will do, they will do for them to come to power. They will also do with and all that. So we are at a crossroad. Okay. So issues like this matter because it uh, resonates with the people. Mm. Okay. And once they begin thinking that. My opponent is after something. Then they might also take matters into their own hands, and that could be, you know, cataclysmic to our
4: democracy. Okay. Now, uh, Mokhtar Momoni is also joining us on this. He is someone with expertise in security as well. Grateful to you, sir, for joining us. Now, uh, Adib says that this is a serious matter that must be looked at. Um, with, I'm sure you have listened to the tape as well. As a person, when when you heard what were being said, um, with, I'm sure you have listened to the tape as well. As a person, when when you heard what were being said,
3: good afternoon to you and good afternoon to your listeners
7: and
8: viewers.
7: Mm. Yes, this. Uh, you know, it was surprising to me, but at the same time, uh, this is not... come uh, ...to have this kinds of a conversation, and, and that would lend credence, and that would determine the weight we place on this, and in terms of the conversation that we are now having. But it wasn't entirely uh, shocking to me mm-hmm. that this kind of conversation could take place, and that people could be scheming uh, to use, you know, the police administration uh, to their advantage when it comes to elections. Okay. Yeah. I mean, how
4: must this be handled such that it doesn't create problems for the
7: service and for the country's security in general? I think that uh, we have to take it very seriously in the sense that that can actually undermine you know, the processes that lead to the general election mm. because it, it allows people to begin to view and begin to see the security you know, sets and professions that are put in place to see whether it is key towards a particular political party and to see whether, you know, any political party has had influence in the way the processes are done. Uh, but at the same time, I would say we should not take this um, uh, too serious mm-hmm. in the sense that the, the IGP and its administration in the last couple of years have demonstrated that they are ready to do the job and they are ready to remain impartial they are ready to remain independent, you know, and this is something we have been calling for in the last several decades. We've been calling for a kind of independent police administration that can and should be allowed to do its job, independent of any political influence from, you know, ruling government or opposition government. And what we have just witnessed in terms of the audio that we have listened to, we are just talking about, is a further demonstration of the IGP's commitment to be impartial, to do his job irrespective of who, which political party is involved. And so for me, I don't think that we should be too worried about, you know, the capacity of the IGP and his team to do an independent job uh, Mm. away from the influence of any political party or the administration. Mm. We have seen in very recent times, the last two by-elections that have been conducted, and I think both political parties, including all other actors, uh, confirmed that this was done in a manner that we have always expected the police, you know, to do when it comes to elections. So we should not be too worried about it, especially uh, what the IGP and his team uh, is capable of doing in the run-up to the election 2024. Mm-hmm.
4: But with what you just said, it, it then comes down to the appointment regime, how we appoint someone to the office of the IGP. Is that not what we should start with if we really want to give that independence to the office?
7: Well, uh, for several years we have been worried about the way the IGP or the police administration is constituted in terms of appointment of the IGP and the other commissioners and the entire leadership of the police administration. Because we believe that if we have an independent commission that takes charge of appointing and setting up, you know, the leadership of the institution, we would be able to have an independent team that acts independently, that acts impartially, but at the same time, and that particular analysis leads to what, you know, uh, we very quote Obama when we talked about, you know, having strong institutions and not strong individuals, but we need to have strong individuals as well to be able to have strong institutions. Mm-hmm. So here we have an IGP, IGP Dampari, who was appointed by the President and who is at the, you know, the, the direction and control of the president, technically, in many ways. But at the same time, we have seen him act in a very, very determined and impartial and independent manner. And that tells you that in of the re- appointing regime, we can still have institutions that can act independently if they are not afraid of losing their jobs. And I can tell you, from my interaction with the current IDPs, he is somebody who is unafraid of, you know, the administration or any political power in terms of, you know, losing his job for doing the right things. And so I, I think that uh, we have a good example now to show that we can be independent, we can have independent institutions. Irrespect- and so I, I think that uh, we have a good example now to show that we can be independent, we can have independent institutions, irrespect-
4: there will come something because in the past we've had discussions about well the igps are not behaving the way they have to because they fear that they can be fired and isn't it now t- but in the
7: meantime whilst we're aiming at that we need to encourage public servants to be willing to do the right thing irrespective of what the cost is in terms of losing uh, their jobs that way we have we will be able to build you know the groundswell of you know Courage and the
4: spirit that we need to build independent institutions. Mm.
7: Um, I, I did let me come to you
4: here. Mustn't we allow because the police has structures? People move from one rank to the other. Mustn't we just allow that to work so that there will be one person or the officers can rise from whatever rank they have till they become IGP and it's automatic. Nobody should come and say, "I'm appointing you," but because of your rank, you you rise to become the IGP. Shouldn't that be? A perfect
6: solution to this. Um, the, the president, of course, in consultation with the uh, police council and the council of states, uh, appoints the IGP. Sure. Um, and that is done in many democracies across the world, even in the U.S., for a police chief to be appointed to, to take charge of the city uh, police. Um, it is usually done by the mayor. or or the city council, they come together and appoint the police chief. Um, In other countries where democracy is entrenched, it is the executive that appoints, you know, the one, (coughs) sorry, in charge of the police. Um, I think it is largely because of of a lot of factors. This issue has come up before. Uh, We've discussed that security services don't have too much power invested in them because it makes you're very vulnerable for coups, military takeovers, police takeovers, and the rest. So it is in recognizing that the, that the 1992 constitution really uh, took that into consideration. So you would have the executive, which are usually civilians, mm. taking charge, pointing the chiefs, and keeping them in check, and making sure that they don't do things beyond their powers. That is why uh, for a state of emergency to be imposed it has to go through that process and it goes through the executive it comes to parliament etc so you don't have the military or the police deciding that hey we want to restrict the movements of certain persons but that doesn't stop the IGP or anyone appointed by the president from being fair okay. impartial and professional in his approach for example when Donald Trump appointed um, uh, John Bolton as a national security advisor, at a point, they had their differences with respect to the Iranian nuclear deal and, of course, Trump's open-door approach to North Korea. And one day, John Bolton approached me and said, okay, Mr. President, uh, you are going this direction, I am going that direction, it's been great working with you, and so I would like to tender that in my resignation. That is... True principles. That okay. is professionalism. Okay. But okay. People see their stomachs first before uh, uh, their principles or the institutions they, they represent. Mm-hmm. So that, that shouldn't
4: prevent uh, the IGP from doing this work. Okay. All right. Now we we going forward, We need to identify the people on the table because we've heard um, Mr. Tobu who say that uh, who says that. The person, the police officer who is on the tape doesn't deserve to be close to their position he he occupies. Um, How do we identify the persons on the tape so that that if any remedial measures could be taken, we take that?
6: Uh, That can only happen through um, an investigation. I would have expected that by now an investigation should start into it because um, the content of the tape is is quite disturbing. I would have expected that by now an investigation should start into it because um, the content of the tape is, is quite
8: disturbing.
6: It lightly. Um, and it's only through that investigation we'll be able to tell. Like my brother Mutara asks, who are the voices behind the tape? And once we are able to establish that, then we who? I don't think a committee should, should look at it. Usually they like drinking too much tea and they talk late, and in the end, you know, <laughs> nothing comes out of it. It's just a you know, simple CID investigation.
4: Okay.
6: Uh, uh, so, so we get to know who are behind it and whether they matter in our, in the general scheme of things or or not. Because all of this is also aimed at boosting confidence in the process. And as as a foreign policy and security person, I do know the importance of confidence in the electoral uh, 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 system as a prerequisite mm. to make it clean, fair. Uh, for example, in, in two thousand and seven in Kenya. There was an, a, an AU uh, document that pointed to certain worrying factors with respect to people not trusting the process, not trusting the Independent National Electoral Commission. Nothing was done about it. In the end, there was chaos in Ivory Coast. The same can be said at the point when the, the electoral commissioner, they, they call them the courts, came out to announce uh, the the the, the results. Someone. The, the slip from them and toy because he didn't trust the process okay mm-hmm. so we wouldn't want that to befall us um perceptions is everything okay we have to get Ghanaians to understand that hey nobody's after anything or whatever it is by the end of the day in 20 uh, 24 december 7th um, whoever would be elected would be a true reflection of who you want to be the president mm-hmm. okay the one step towards realizing that is to ensure accountability and not simply to uh, be the president okay mm. the one step towards realizing that is to ensure accountability and not simply
4: well this is not a big issue that we should be worried over so can we go to sleep and if nothing happens
7: we take it as well nothing really happens of the police administration you know to make a difference in electoral outcomes and so for any uh, politician or group of people uh, to seek to hatch a plan intended up you know changing the leadership of the administration or using the leadership of the police administration to their advantage I mean the or their opponents would see this yeah, as either directly or indirectly at cool, or attempt at staging a coup or attempt at subverting the will of the people of Ghana because if, if that happened successfully, it would have amounted to subverting the will of the people of ghana uh, you know uh, in that manner people can describe it as you know potential coup cool situation but uh, that is perfect. The important thing for us to do is to establish the voices that we have listened to, who they are, how much you know, they matter in the party, and the possibility that they already have the capacity to do what they are talking about. And that mm. can determine what we do next going forward regarding it. But mm. the difficulty right now you know, for the government possibly could be that if they were intending at changing the IGP uh, for any reason, now it becomes very complex and problematic mm. because that would be played into this game. It would create the impression that is intended at you know uh, setting up a leadership to you know act in a manner that is to the advantage of the ruling government. Mm. And so mm. we wait to see what happens, especially in the next, I mean, the coming days and weeks, uh, what will come out of this particular thing. Moktar
4: grateful to you uh, as well as Sani, uh, Both of them are security analysts, and grateful that they could join us on this discussion. You're still watching the pulse here on the Join News. We'll take a quick break. We have more for you here in this edition. Stay with us.
1: Yes, that's true.
2: It can store a lot of water. That's
1: so true.
2: Wow. It has a working surface on it. hmm
1: That's so
2: true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That
1: is so true, my daughter.
2: right it's falls on. into
0: That's not true.
2: But why? Wow. Oh. Hey. Why? Salary account, oh okay. with the EcoBank salary account, you will enjoy free life insurance, oh. free debit card, save while you spend, and an amazing chance to double Shh, your salary. A hundred seventy, oh, and even more consolation rewards in the EcoBank Double Salary Promo Reloaded. Vivo. Guys,
5: this EcoBank salary account sounds interesting. What do you think? Uh, uh, yeah.
2: But maybe next time, Charlie. You know what? I would go shine my Hey
5: Yo, me serve. I would to go check my BB. uh, We going up, never go down And we stay fly
6: <laughs>
2: Open an Bank salary account today for a lifetime of benefits. You also stand a chance to win more than double your salary in the Bank Double Salary Promo Reloaded from now till July 31st. Terms and conditions apply. apply.
0: And
8: enjoy, and life regardless. This program is
2: under the supervision of the National Lottery Authority under the Caritas Lottery Platform. He
8: Safari Valley Eco Park. Welcome to Safari Valley. Everyone. Our electric shuttle pulled up, and in no time, our tour began. We were surrounded by wildlife from the moment we entered the eco. We were greeted by experienced tour guides who took us through orientation and how to better enjoy the experience. We watched these animals roam freely in their natural habitats and by our presence. We saw zebras, sable antelope, from cranes, wildlife, silky fishing shetland ponies and so many animals are just getting Our tour guides taught us so much about the wildlife, their behavior and how to interact with them. I even fed them. We also went fishing on a man-made canal. Then we took a break to have lunch. This surreal environment, all this amazing experience for this price for a doll, this price for teenagers, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bargain. As the sun began to set, it was time to go back home, but not before dinner by the campfire. It's been a thrill of a lifetime and I can't wait till my next visit. Safari Valley Ecohawk, bringing you closer to nature.
3: back from
4: the break now the ministry of education has set up a seven member committee to investigate and recommend measures regarding the mass failure of teachers that took part in the 2023 Ghana teacher licensure examination it will be recalled that out of the 7728 candidates who wrote the exams 6451 failed representing 83.5 percent speaking on measures being put in place to curb the situation the education minister dr yao said says the committee will among other things ensure that preparatory materials are made available to candidates to keep the high failure rate we'll be going into that but first take a let's take a look at the performance of our teachers um and and how the you know the performance have been over the years but um even before we bring since that exam is aligned With the national
6: teacher standards and other supporting uh, policies or framework uh, such as the pre-tertiary curriculum so and
1: then look at the quality of students being admitted into the teacher education
6: institutions relative uh, to the grade and program of specialization at the senior high schools also look at the selection process
4: share with you the graphical representation of the performance of our teachers in the licentia examination we told you earlier that over 80% failed uh, in the 2023 one those who took the research out of the um, numbers that wrote to close to 8,000 some 6,000 and over failed now uh, so this is the, the look at the performance of these teachers during this licentia examination now if you look at it we have a total of a total of 145050 since the start of examination now if you look at it we have a total of a total of 145050 since the start of 589 representing 65 0.2 percent. Those who have failed are 50,461, representing 20, 20, 20, 20, 28. Now, out of that, uh, we had uh, 3,624 who passed when they sat for the, for the first time in 2022, representing 41.1 percent. Those who passed in the second attempt in 2022. Um, where where 2,904 representing 37.5%. Those who passed for the first time when they wrote in 2023, uh, 77, and then that represents 16.5%. Now, those who failed, uh, from the 8,814 people who wrote in 2022, uh, we had 5,090 teachers representing 58.9%. Failing. Those who wrote in the second time in 2022, out of the seven thousand seven hundred and forty-three people who wrote, we had four thousand eight hundred and thirty-nine failing in that in that examination. And then those who restart in, in the first part in 2023, um, out of the seven thousand seven hundred and twenty-eight people who wrote, we had six thousand four hundred and fifty one representing. 83.5% failing in that regard. So that has been the performance. Let's look at the uh, 2023 performance by mode of training. So how were you trained before you graduated to be a teacher and then before coming in to write the examination? So out of those who passed, we had a number of 353 who had gone through the regular module of, 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 of being trained, you know, so they went to, if it's the college, where on campus learning, if it's the university, we're on campus learning. Out of that, we had 1,383 of those who went through the regular module failing. Now, when it, it comes to distance, so those who are in the, in the home and they go for weekend classes, we had 777 of them passing and had 4,287 of those failing the exams. Those who went through the sandwich module, we had 131 of them passing with 664 of them failing. For online, we had 12 of them passing and 11 of them failing. So that, that's how uh, the performance had, had been by mode of training. So regular, distance, sandwich, and online. That, that has been it. Now to help us understand the trend and possible solution to this challenge, we have been joined on Zoom by Divine Pe, who is Senior Programs Officer, Africa Education Watch. And uh, he is an education specialist and program evaluator with a bachelor's degree in IT education and a master's degree in educational measurement and evaluation. Right person for us to speak to. Grateful to you for joining us here. Um, uh, uh, What do you make of the setting of uh, up of this committee. So the Education Minister is setting up this committee to look into the, these these failures. What do you make of it?
8: All right, thank you. and <clears throat> Sorry, good afternoon to your viewers. Uh, for me, it is a welcome news, as it reflects generally the call made by Ganyans when this issue came up. Uh, we know that Council for PTA has also mm-hmm. called for a up amount of committee to mm-hmm. investigate teacher unions have also made similar calls, uh, CSOs, uh, those in the academia, and then also those of you in the media have made the call for uh, an investigation. So, for me, I think uh, it is the right step taken by the Ministry of Education okay. to actually uh, investigate because there are a lot of questions that need to be answered well, as far as the potential teachers of the examination is concerned, mm. especially when they are visiting for a number of times, and some of then we understand, I've actually searched for it for about nine times, uh, and I feel, I think, there are a number of questions that uh, need to be answered. For instance, we need to understand the quality of uh, teachers or potential uh, uh, to seeking admission to the colleges, what sort of qualification are they coming uh, with, and then also, how did they pass their examination, given the level of difficulty, the questions we have seen, uh, for me, I think anybody that has passed his college level or they're struggling to pass the criminalization examination, then we need to understand also how they were able to pass their school-level examination. And then also there are uh, theories, like uh, uh, probably there's something happening at the end of the NTC when it comes to uh, marking of the scripts. There are theories that probably um, they may be as uh, such that a student that made have the person also being filled. So we need to understand the committee also needs to come to a conclusion on the there instances of such happening when it comes to marking of the script. And then also we need to come to the point to understand that all we need to consider a reintroduction of a campaign system that we write for a particular number of time. And then uh, I think these are some of the questions that we need
4: answers for, as far as the committee's work is on. Um, you know, strategies or keys or, as you say, objectives or target, but having looked at how the teachers, how they were trained and how they are failing, I mean, we know the numbers that went through the regular mode and how they were failing, those who went through distance, those who went to sandwich and online. What would be your recommendation to the committee as to how they can get the best out of this particular exercise they are to embark on? The areas
8: that are previous quality of teachers that uh, the admission into the colleges and can the quality of entry and then also we need to look at
0: Los mejores viajes nacen
8: en la carretera
0: pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Me escuchas ese rugido sientes la experiencia de poder la emoción de la libertad ya estás preparado para vivir.